Welcome to Net Nonsense, fishing through the internet and academia to bring you the biggest and baddest internet catches. I'm your co-host, Dr. Idil Galip. And I'm Aaron Paisley. We study things that are deemed frivolous and um, unscientific and unimportant when in fact they're like the mundane reality of our lives. There are these like kind of invisible areas of research almost um, that then get you if you're like a youngish woman studying it studying something supposedly frivolous it becomes very annoying very fast like the personal experiences that we share are also um yeah they revolve around people not taking us seriously so that's why we're doing a podcast so here we are gonna be taking so seriously (laughs) um uh swearing on our little podcast um in the special podcast recording room of our office um so this room you guys um this room it looks like a fairly normal room i mean i I wouldn't even say that it's 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 kind of small with really high ceilings so if you're hearing some echoes um and if you think that the recording's really shitty it's because of this room but the quality not the content um, yeah content's all us yeah content's (laughs) it's all us baby um but there is another room inside this room that when you open the door there's like a door and you open the door and there's what is there well i don't even know what is saying this on the podcast but there there is is something that is highly (laughs) you'll um, never know you'll never know it's like it makes when you see it it makes you quite uncomfortable it's kind of this like mysterious alcove um and it's got some things in it that we will not discuss um today but maybe if you listen um, <laughs> eventually eventually um maybe episode six is when we'll like let people know what is in this like mysterious um kind of black hole of a room but idil do you know what else is mysterious what? <laughs> um the story that we're going to talk about today uh the trending viral uh tabby t- swiper t- t- tabby swiper I keep I keep calling uh, him or the phenomenon Tabby Snatcher. I think I like that it's more. Swiper. It's a little bit more aggressive. Snatching those yeah. tabbies. <laughs> um, can you explain for the audience, for those of you who don't know what the heck this Tabby Swiper situation is? What is this? Okay, so very, very simply, very, very simply, ta- the Tabby Swiper um, is the nickname of a man who matched with a person on Tinder uh, went on two dates um, and then snatched her tabbies, aka um, expensive boots that have that kind of look like flip flops. I would explain them as so. I've now found out that the big toe goes separate <laughs> from the other toes. Sorry, because for a while I thought if you think about you know those socks where every single uh, toe has an individual hole. Yeah, the foot gloves. Yeah, I have a pair. Okay, you um, would. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I consider them lucky, and if I'm going on a special date, sometimes I do pop them on. And then what happens once you, like... To be honest... Take off the shoes. None of those dates have gotten to the point where I have taken off the shoes. That's so why they are lucky dates. You know what? It, uh, maybe I have to reconsider. But um, <laughs> anyways, these tabbies are not like the sock individual um toe socks they instead have one clump 
<laughs> for the toes. Clump is the and, right word. Yeah, and one clump for the big toe. So it does, in fact, um, for context, the shoes do very much look like a hoof, like mm-hmm. a cow hoof, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. But the fashion girlies, which I am not cool enough to be, yeah. um, will always aspire to be. I'm not. Um, <laughs> do you not aspire to be a fashion girly? No, I was just burping. <laughs> Okay, I was like, is it that controversial? I would like to. No, be I'd love more. to. I'd love to be a fashion girly. I just don't have the disposable income. I don't have the means. No, I don't have the means or the time to like trawl through like Depop drama. <laughs> I also don't have the the affluent relatives. No, to borrow or take from borrow clothes. clothes. Borrow. <laughs> That's it. I've never heard of that before. But yeah. Um, what you were saying. So on TikTok, this girl says that she went on a date in New York with this guy. He comes over and he steals her tabbies. Yeah. And he tr- she tried to contact him, right? Well, the best part is that he steals the tabbies and then gives it, gives them to his girlfriend. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's not that he stole them to sell them because tabbies are quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Another thing is like... They're called tabbies because of like the Margiela. They're like originally like like a Margiela like invention or whatever. But there's a lot of um, different sorts of like shoe brands or like yeah companies that utilize the same shape. So um, the like a tabby is a specific like Margiela shoe. But then there's lots of other types of shoes that look like that, and they're kind of like um, imitating, I guess, that style of shoes. So basically. He, like, comes over to her house. Uh, they kind of talk about fashion. They talk about music. And he's like, oh, let me... Um, I want to, like... L- I think he wanted to show her, like, a Spotify playlist. And he didn't have Spotify. And people are saying first red flag well it can be a red flag or a green flag depending on the kind of person if they're like i don't like spotify because i listen to like soundcloud stuff then i don't know i to me that's like oh that's kind of cool like kind of like you know you're not into like huge corporations like monopolizing music you know maybe you have like vinyl and you have like a record player and mm. then you don't really listen to that so you have a walkman that's like so hot to me if you like, I show must, up with a walkman I must object first of all and say for the record um i feel like i have to have the authority on this topic as someone who's still in the trenches in the dating game <laughs> and you are literally married <laughs> i am i do not agree with the really institution wet. of heteropatriarchal <laughs> capitalistic marriage but i am in fact a um, wedded woman and let me just tell you out there in the trenches if someone is saying to me that sorry i don't have spotify because i only listen to vinyl and my walkman mm-hmm. this would not be a green flag to me i'd be like you're so fucking cool maybe <laughs> let's I, I get mean, married right now david okay shout out your husband <laughs> um but maybe i need to change my approach to dating though because perhaps that is why i'm still in the trenches and you're married mm. Because so. I have a lot more patience for bizarro man shit. Yeah. Probably. That's probably, probably. true. Anyways, um, so he took her phone and he said Bas- he was... Yeah. yeah. He was like, he was like, oh yeah, I can find the Spotify playlist I wanted to show you. Meanwhile, we, we like then later i think we learned that he basically unmatched himself from tinder so she couldn't contact him anymore and also i believe deleted his like or like phone number or something like that um 
but they also talk about tabbies and he's like oh i really like them i wish i could you know i but i don't have the money to buy them and she's like oh yeah i've got these tabbies by the way she's got like a shoe rack in her living room which is another like city rat thing to do i completely understand as someone who lives in a one plus one apartment um and she's like yeah here's i've got some tabbies he's like oh cool da 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 they have sex the next morning they have sex again so this is something that she mentions in the tiktok that's why i'm like relaying the information um thanks for that clarification she didn't say anything about the quality of it so i'm assuming it was kind of like worth it in the end because she okay spoiler alert she did get the tabbies back um so thank god thank god <laughs> thank fuck. um but so uh he leaves after morning sex and then she's just kind of like you know like going about her business and then it's like wait a second where are my tabby boots um and then she's like well the only other person that's been in my room or been in my house is this um my tinder date so let me go and call him and let me try to send him a message on tinder obviously can't do either because he's he's kind of like he's gone yeah he's taking care of that like it was like i feel like it was a coordinated attack anyways (laughs) she manages to i don't know how i'm like missing this part of the story but she manages to find this guy's girlfriend's instagram someone dm'd her okay so someone dms her the instagram account of this guy's girlfriend and then she goes on the instagram page and sees that in this girl's story there is a mirror selfie and in the mirror selfie the girl in uh question is wearing her tabbies so when you first told me this story um well actually you told me the story first before i watched a tiktok that's my favorite way to consume tiktoks you verbally telling me the tiktok back (laughs) um but uh when you first told me this i thought it was uh a joined effort like i thought that they were kind of bonnie and clyde mm-hmm. like oh it was God. a coordinated effort that's what i assumed which i was like okay whoa. that would that would make it super cool i mean that's pretty hot like yeah your man coming I mean, not for home not with for like some like really luxurious secondhand shoes that you've been wanting for like the longest time you're like yeah i'm so turned on by your criminal activities because but it's all for me i mean it was always for her if you were the used robbed from person it wouldn't be great but mm-hmm. sure in that scenario but someone who's interested in walkman and like um record shops i feel like i'd be like yeah that's really cool oh my god okay well i'm discovering a lot about you right now um but anyways uh boss. it was not it was not a coordinated effort um she ended up breaking up with him um, which I saw in a follow-up <laughs> TikTok where the tabby storyteller, I mm-hmm. actually don't know her name. But Alexa? Alexa, I think, something like that. Yeah. But she was actually had to issue a TikTok saying, please stop giving hate to the girlfriend of the tabby swiper because people were hating on her and also presumably messaging Women's him. power. <laughs> Women's empowerment. Yes. Um, so they were. she was like, back off. Mm-hmm. um which is good back um, off my girl yeah people have continued to obviously hate on the tabby snatcher and <laughs> snatcher snatcher Slumber, but snatcher though swiper snatch those alexis duje yeah so um she i've seen in many other tiktoks since she's become a little bit of a micro celebrity herself to be honest yes. okay can this is my unpopular opinion Uh-oh. but i feel like i'm gonna be um vindicated in about mm-hmm. um maybe a few weeks or maybe a month you don't think it's real do you 
no i think i think this is a really good story i think everything works out really well the fact that you know she could find this girl's like you know instagram and oh my god no way she's wearing these shoes on like the instagram story it's a mirror selfie and he grabs her phone and like manages to i'm not giving my phone to any motherfucker who comes into my house for the first time i'm sorry found your own spotify who would do that i like can you imagine giving like this guy your phone so he can like look for a spotify playlist i'm like tell me the name of the playlist i'm searching for myself also i don't want your f- weird fingers on my but screen the fingers have been a lot more places it at that doesn't point. matter iphone is sacred anyways i think this is a like we said it was a it was a coordinated attack i feel like it was a coordinated attack on the tiktok audience i think there's lots of fake story times and this one just was super immersive and super embodied because she had multiple uh, receipts and mm. i don't want to be so please do not sue me for libel but i don't think this story is like 1000% real i think maybe she wanted to this is a i I will admit that it's kind of like really, really smart to start with like a viral, incredibly like complicated, weird story time that also hits like certain like internet trends, like, you know, the tabby swiper, it's like tabby. So it's also speaking to a certain audience online, Mm. I think, of fashion girlies who would be like, oh my God, here's a reference that I recognize. And it's so niche. How funny is that? I mean, it's not super niche, but it's niche enough from like when you hear it, you become excited by it. So I think this is a really, really good like viral um, sort of like coordinated like viral um, story time. And I think this person was trying to get that what, you know, what we call in media studies (laughs) um, post based um, fame versus persona based fame what do these two things mean so post-based fame is usually like associated with tiktok because um versus instagram where you have something called persona based fame in which your fame online basically is derived from you creating this uh relatable and ongoing uh, personal narrative um so that that means that it's like a it's like a it's got more long longevity and it's an it's an ongoing sort of project usually like these instagram pages so they're looking for an aesthetic or they're looking for a story or they're looking for this like one theme in their page so they post every day and then they kind of like slowly amass a bit of like like some audience i think that's that's interesting because i do feel like in the past there's been certain people who have gone viral Mm -hmm. and um, become, I guess, what what you're saying, post-made. Yeah, post-based fame. Post-based so in this case, fame. like on TikTok, you usually get viral videos. And people, um, if you have one viral TikTok video, then you can get a bunch of followers immediately um, following that but viral then do video. You become, so, or like vi- viral post in this case. Do you become the other type of fame through this usually Um, there is a possibility for it as long as you keep um just making bangers basically become a persona become a persona off of the like viral posts that you that you've made um and it's more common on tiktok than it is on instagram this is an article by crystal abedin so if you any of the nerds out there if you want to read it it's by crystal abedin post versus persona based fame i think it's called like visibility labors um 
the, yeah, visibility labors. We can put it in the post notes in the show notes (laughs) show notes um no but i think that's interesting because the poster of the tabbies um, alexis alexis sorry alexis if you're listening um uh she kind of maybe is becoming a little bit of a having persona based fame and obviously doing these tiktoks that are pretty staged now doing Mm -hmm. interviews with people on the street but it's clearly Mm -hmm. um something that's been arranged Mm -hmm. uh but the real celebrity of the story in a way is the uh the tabby swiper yes but he has not become famous in any way he declined an interview for this New York Times piece that I'm that we're like looking at right now about the tabby swiper. I mean, Alexis went on record and talked about this, and they uh, reached out to this man named Josh. He did not want to comment. Yeah, so Josh, I presume, is kind of disappearing from the internet. I mm-hmm. would assume because I would. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. Or would maybe have. he was never named Josh at all. He's okay, just the crisis well, actor. We're putting that one in a can for now and sealing it for later. Um, But it does very much remind me also of West Elm Caleb, if you remember, the guy who went very viral for basically what people were calling gaslighting Mm -hmm. women. I haven't looked at the story in a while, but logistically he was kind of ghosting like women ser- serial, serial ghoster. ghoster serial ghoster basically sometimes before meeting up on dates with people mm-hmm. other times after uh and someone made a tiktok about him and this went viral because other people started saying that they had been on basically shitty dates or had bad experiences dating mm-hmm. this guy who worked at west elm and was named caleb mm-hmm. and he also got so much hate and had to delete all of his social media his job made an ad campaign about caleb Slay. <laughs> yeah but i don't know if he works there anymore but basically <laughs> he had this um moment of celebrity that did not continue he as well as um josh kind of became canceled in a way but not even as celebrities as these regular people who mm-hmm. had done annoying questionable activities but were completely canceled and blown Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. and never really capitalized or were able to capitalize on that moment of fame. They never had the opportunity to become personas, Mm -hmm. which is quite interesting because in the past, there's been moments of virality where people become viral. Like I think I was thinking about today, the catch me outside girl. Yeah. Bad baby who became bad baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not just a persona, but built a career around a moment of virality which wasn't her necessarily decision mm-hmm. and these kind of um well she was given a right to speak i think for herself in the in the like media moment that was happening i think the media moment was that dr phil episode in which not only was like the person who was trying to let's say like let's use the word counsel was trying to counsel her which is her mom weirdly um not only was she present but so was um yeah daniel brigoli aka bad baby aka catch me outside girl so she had a chance to speak i think and when she did speak it was funny and weird but there was something about her i think that people kind of connected with in a little bit in a, in a, in a way because she's quite young as well so there was a little bit of a yeah power imbalance also we know that dr phil's like kind of a exploitative show that you know it also this sort of shows like exist everywhere in the world um i think it's just like kind of like a fact of modern media but um 
in the case of a TikTok, it's mainly the person, the storyteller, who's relaying this, you know, event that's happened um, through their side uh, or through their perspective, and that's like fine. But uh, usually, you don't really get the other side, the other like perspective, or you don't get to hear what this other person has to say unless they like stitch. The TikTok, but even then, you're kind of like primed not to give a fuck about this person in the first place, right? Yeah, it's about the storyteller versus the kind of thing that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But in that way, it it seems as if almost the stories that they're talking about, the way that they're talking about someone, is closer to kind of folklore. Yeah, closer to this idea of talking about something that maybe does or doesn't exist, something mm-hmm. that has like mystery around it something Mm -hmm. that's a narrative kind of yeah yeah it doesn't really you know the the main character in this case bust elm caleb he's used as a a symbol to represent something bigger than just himself so it is a commentary about let's say the person's actions but then again the reason i think why these things go viral and also why certain like folklore stories or um like symbols become popular is it's it's because they're like a metaphor for something bigger they're a representation of the times or um a specific event in the in this case i think they're a representation of looking for love on platforms well fuck boys fuck boys (laughs) let's put it simply they're a representation for fuck boys yeah um fuck boy folklore yeah, they are a representation for fuckboy folklore. But what do you even mean by folklore? Because when I think of folklore, I think of something like initially I think of something not in the digital. Mm-hmm. I think of telling st- passing stories down that are yeah. speaking about something like the Loch Ness monster, mm-hmm. something that may or may not exist, something that maybe the value is in the storytelling itself, not necessarily in the actual and legitimate literal existence of the thing. Yeah. So folklore is, is the lore of the people. Basically, it's these, um, I think oftentimes we see, I mean, an older kind of, let's say, 20th century soci- sociology or folklore studies, we might see folklore as something that comes from directly from the people rather than something that has been kind of filtered down through these um, bourgeois modes of art production. Uh, let's say an opera or let's say I don't know a play Um, those might be considered high art or legitimate art compared to something that's a little bit usually vulgar a little bit more amateurish but something that has that reflects a people or a group of people really really I think honestly that's something that you know we might associate with the term folklore so it might you might be thinking about these stories that you've heard from your i don't know great grandmother word of mouth that's why i guess i'm thinking of word, word of, of mouth, mouth. Yeah. but i think it's also like memes there's like memes within folklore um there's like uh, for instance th- there are certain like characters that then become these like remixable templates so the bad guy the good guy whatever depending on what culture you come from they're going to be different and have they're going to have different nuances and like contextual clues but usually there's like certain memes or tropes let's say within folklore that then get passed down but if it's for instance if you're talking about like a very like highly oral culture which means 
like a culture in which um there's talk there's talking <laughs> and the and like the the spoken word uh is venerated over let's say something like text or even like um like i don't know like visual arts you might have a like a template for a story and then depending on different people telling the story they might they might put their own spin onto it so that's like almost like remixing a kind of like a right, f- so folkloric story exactly right? yeah so passing down stories that have kind of some type of similarity but you're mm-hmm. adding your own information mm-hmm. um and own iterations yeah i mean that sounds to me like it's inherently compatible with the digital Mm -hmm. but i know that um we were reading also for this podcast uh the piece by gabriel de seda is that how you say his name you know him apparently i think uh, yeah i do know him he's a he's a friend of mine i think celebrity sighting yeah celebrity sighting he's this uh he's this incredibly productive (laughs) academic he's always writing he writes about really interesting things I know. Fuck this guy. I think I met him at the bar in Amsterdam. Was he coming for a memes talk with you? Yeah, he he did come last year. Um, uh, Yeah, so you might have met him. So his name is Gabriele De Seta. I think that's the Italian way of saying it. But I think by doing this, I might have also embarrassed him. um, (laughs) Hey, Gabriel. Hey. (laughs) Um, But his piece on digital folklore, we were reading again. Mm -hmm. um, When thinking about uh, this exact story... And what I thought was really interesting in his piece also when he was talking about the beginning of digital folklore and these ideas that perhaps the internet was not... People were thinking like the internet wasn't going to be compatible Mm -hmm. with folklore. Mm -hmm. There was one quote that I was reading in the beginning of this text that I thought was interesting. It was from a piece from 1953 by Foster. 300 years ago, by the way. 3,000 years ago, where this person says, it can be assumed that folk cultures will disappear in those places where a high degree of industrialization develops. I mean, it makes sense if you think of industrialization as basically the creation of sameness, Mm -hmm. like the intense creation of sameness through capitalism. Yeah which does exist but it's interesting to think of it as on tiktok people being able to still have some level of um their own self-expression and creativity within that context of high industrialization and Mm -hmm. capitalism which is i guess what you're saying we're kind of we see when we see certain stitching and the passing down of certain folklore through the digital yeah i think it also depends on the your like definition of folklore because if you see folklore as a very like super specific thing that has like certain boundaries um to it like folklore can only be stories that are told around a campfire or the song that you sing when you're washing wool with your girlies or something (laughs) like that i think that's like a little bit like short-sighted thinking that like people will just stop telling stories to each other or like stop making folky things um that can be a song that can be i don't know even like graffiti or something like that if you want to go like the whole way um i think it's a little bit short-sighted and also a little it's got like a bit of hubris to it like who like people will always they're gonna be making up stories they're gonna be making up songs and these songs and stories and i don't know symbols and paintings yeah will be passed down through non-legitimate means if you want to say like folklore versus i don't know the written words uh, books institutions um galleries if we if we think of it with more nuance 
Um, yes, here yeah. it comes. <laughs> if you thicken the story, then you take things like memes more seriously. And sure. also like TikTok stitching more seriously in the sense that we can kind of zoom out and say, okay, why is there now all of a sudden this popularization of these stories about fuckboys yeah one thing that i think is weird about that and maybe a consequence of using the tiktok platform in particular is this i do think that you're right in this context it's a form of digital folklore but the character or the symbolism is directed onto an actual human being Mm -hmm. so in this case as we know them literally to be josh and caleb Mm -hmm. and the consequences of that are well first of all that they don't they're not able to capitalize on becoming micro celebrities not that they necessarily deserve or need to become them but that's Mm -hmm. not something that they have access to and they also become completely canceled who knows what the consequences are for them but there's Mm -hmm. a lot written about kind of like have we taken things too far firing you know west elm caleb from west elm i don't know if he was (laughs) fired or not but i saw something about west elm by the way it's a furniture company in new york apparently I've never seen their material. I think he was a designer. Anyways. Um, couch thread. Couch yeah, but it's... <laughs> West Elm Caleb. Yeah, go on. But it's very different to have a character be attached to an actual human being than someone that will never even know a story is attached to them may not have any real life consequences. The point I wanted to bring up was that if we're looking at these fuckboys as fuckboy folklore... Mm-hmm what is kind of the bigger thing that they're symbolizing? Mm -hmm. Why are we so attached to these scapegoat moments Mm -hmm. of fuckboys misbehaving? And why are they going so viral in recent years? And one thing that it kind of reminded me of is this idea of heteropessimism. What is heteropessimism? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's an idea that I've just um, become a bit more familiar with lately. But I was rereading one of the more popular recent articles on heteropessimism, by Asa Saracen. It came out in 2019. Actually, it came out in a pretty accessible way. So if anyone wants to read it, um, we can also link that. It's not in an academic uh, journal, which is always fun. Um, But it's basically, are the straights okay? No. That's the idea of heteropessimism. Overarchingly, it's about this idea of being pessimistic about dating the other sex, but continuing to do so because sexuality is not a choice. So continuing, even though it's horrible. Uh, On the one side of of extremes, you could put incels in the category of being heteropessimists Mm -hmm. um, because they're definitely very pessimistic about dating the other sex yeah um about dating women about not being able to date women Mm -hmm. so incels for maybe those who don't know involuntary celibate there also can be fem cells so that would be one side of the extreme but what they kind of focus on is more so heterosexual women dating men Mm -hmm. um, and this rise in um, this demographic speaking about how horrible this experience is how wouldn't it be easier if I was gay that type of thing and what that kind of means this this term isn't new Uh, it's existed for a while but what I thought was interesting interesting in this article is this idea that when the narrative of heterosexuality is achieved so for instance um meeting someone and marrying them um is achieved then then 
those people are living the good life that that the goal is for instance marriage and when it's achieved um straight people are happy it's like checklist that's done exactly and that like that's the goal when i achieve it i'm living the best life and everything is kind of simple and that's the end of the story Mm -hmm. and that hetero pessimism this growing trend of being like men are the worst fuck all men this type of thing is pointing to larger issues within heterosexuality that still also need to be addressed Mm -hmm. but that the story about heterosexuality um and heterosexual relationships is can't be left in the past in kind of like second wave feminist speaking and needs to be revisited and that without doing that it's just we're just kind of saying fuck all men dating is horrible but nothing is actually being given like nuance Mm -hmm. or being questioned i can also understand uh how dating heterosexual men is horrible like the trenches basically um um concept or like the discourse point i think it's also something that connects uh, other straight women to each other it's something that can um it's like a shared (laughs) trauma if you want to go that far and i think there is a degree of probably a bit of like comfort in sharing these stories and then being like yeah it's awful but then you know there are some good men um sort of thing so i think it's also probably a a search for i wouldn't call it solidarity but maybe Mm -hmm. like empathy across i think um across like the straight dating world Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, the article isn't saying to not have heteropessimism, but that it's not it's not an individualized experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly what you're saying, basically, that we need to look at it as a larger social kind of trend Mm -hmm. and then consider, okay, why are we being so heteropessimistic? And I guess important to say also for clarity, I do date men, Mm -hmm. also other people. But part of my dating life is men. Yeah. Um, so I also have had my fair share of moments of heteropessimism. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, viewing viewing that as an individualized experience is not productive. But mm-hmm. sharing it creates a great sense, at least for me, of solidarity mm-hmm. and of identifying kind of things that are not um, satisfying or in the norm. Mm-hmm. So it's more about that it's a joint experience and kind of almost like a, a flag to tell us to look more there. It's also, it's never been more acceptable to talk about the, um, I think, let's say, if we were to use that word, deficiencies of (laughs) uh, straight men and romantic relationships. I think it's much, I mean, compared to even like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it's much more acceptable to talk about um, the fact that you're unhappy within a certain dynamic in your relationship with a man and it's something that i think for a little bit um has been not a little bit but from probably for millennia has been not discussed publicly and probably only discussed based on my kind of cultural background discussed among um women who are married or who are in these relationships because they have to be in these relationships um and it's something it's like a point that you keep hidden from everyone else and you only share with the closest um you know the your closest friends were gonna be women so i think 
there's also the reason why maybe there is like some discussion of hetero pessimism is because it's also probably more visible through various social media channels. People are more comfortable talking about, um, yeah, about like how it's you know kind of awful sometimes to try to make men behave like yeah that's that's a really interesting point that basically what we're now calling or i mean it's been called this in scholarship before but perhaps it's migrating more to popular culture this heteropessimism has existed prior but it's more of like a white liberal feminist opinion to say that it didn't exist before and now that we're looking at fuck boys all of a sudden it exists that of course this idea of yeah of pain and and much more mm-hmm. in heterosexual relationships has always existed. It was never in certain situations that marriage was actually happily ever after mm-hmm. that there was always more to the narrative. It's just becoming more visible. Yeah. And I mean, if you even go back to something like we were taught before recording, we were talking about like, I just, I've just watched Bridget Jones two on the, on an airplane recently and i was thinking about how in that movie and also originally it's, it was a book it's like the diary of bridget jones which i think is like really similar fake diary right yeah fake okay. diary <laughs> Just but i clarifying. feel like it's like so similar to the way that some people use tiktok it's like a dating diary right um and i think there's like a lot of similarities in these sorts of um these kinds of media but you look at Bridget Jones and then there's like these stories of how it's horrible to date men and how like there's like lots of like misogyny that she has to just take um, with like a, basically with a sense of humor um, and how these like all these people, all these like men that she has to kind of interact with, um, how awful it is, but also how, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, it's awful, but I, I do want it. I want it. Like, I want to date men. I do want, like, love and affection. And then seeing something like those, like, basically, like, fuckboy folklore online. There's lots of, I think, similarities between them. But in most cases, um, these sorts of media, they're about people who don't exist or people who've been renamed into something else. Um, So there is no direct correlation between the private individual and, and this, like, folklore character which i think um makes it makes this whole like tiktok like dating diaries tiktok like um stories of dating gone bad um a particularly new phenomenon um with that with that we shall call this episode to conclusion Um, we don't have an outro um so goodbye next week goodbye see ya